You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we have a special guest on. And when I say special guest, this one is a really special interview. Um, this is my best friend of 10 plus years that i've plus <laughs> 10 no i'm gonna get it right 12 12 Lucky you. 12 years of friendship uh one of my longest friendships that i've ever had in my entire life so it's gonna be a great interview here's the hoping wow <laughs> this is our friendship guys <laughs> so i have my best friend Joy Holiday Sparrow on the podcast finally. Yeah, because she's happily married, guys. And it's only been two years, so I'm still super excited about it. As you should be. As you should be. I'm excited. I'm I'm super excited about you all's um wedding. Well, not wedding, but um marriage. Very super excited about it because I appreciate that. I've seen yeah, <laughs> I've had the opportunity to see you evolve as a woman. From yeah. Just the girl I've met. Oh, was... well, you met me right when my my best friend slash god sister died. So yeah, yeah. And then I kind of like fulfilled that slot. Well, because your birthday is her death date. Yeah, which was like, had I known that, I'd have been a lot nicer to you yeah, when I met you. You were horrible. So let's we'll start there about I how we met. Hated you, but I'm not the only person on Winston's campus who hated you. Everyone loved to hate me. Yep, there you go. Boom. No, I, it was no, I would not even attach love anywhere in there. I would just straight up say, we just hated you. No drinking wine to that one. You have to accept it. I mean, it's your past. Keyword past. But yeah, so let's get into it. So introduce yourself. More so just your name, just what you do. Well, just to be redundant, because yep. you already said it. My name is Joy Holiday Sparrow, um, and I'm from Las Vegas. Boom. Born and raised in Las Vegas and currently still live in Las Vegas. There you go. Or moved back, I should say. Yeah. Left you left for a little bit. Winston Salem State University. Shout out Boom. to the home team. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's start off where we met. Let's start. Oh, no, no, no. Let's journey back okay. to young Joy. Who was she? In what sense of that conjecture? Who was Joy prior to myself or Ryan meeting you? Because I don't, I know of that person, but I didn't get a chance to actually meet that person. I mean, so in college or just in general? No, in Vegas. Growing oh, up, I mean, you are the sibling, the middle child. No, you're did not. Did you say middleist? No. You did. Um, I'm, I am the middle child. So there's three of us total. I have an older brother named Marvin, and I have a younger brother named Marquise, and everybody knows I am royally obsessed with my siblings. Um, so yes, I'm in the middle, and for me, they're both three years apart. Mm -hmm. So Marquise and Marvin are like six years apart, so it's a different relationship. Or it was growing up, um, because being in the middle, I was closer to him in age, and closer to Marquise in age. But the two of them were further apart. Um, for 12 years, I was on my maternal side. I was my grandparents' only granddaughter for 12 years. And I was also the only niece to both of my aunts. Um, what was that like being the only? 
you know, I don't really, I don't think I could describe what it was because I didn't quite recognize I was the only niece, daughter, granddaughter until my first little cousin who was a girl was born. Hmm. Because, I mean, up until then, it was just me and the guys, but it, it, nothing was ever really different. I mean, I did spend more time with my mom and my aunts mm-hmm. and my grandma, but um, I still play in the middle of the street with the boys, <laughs> you know? So um, it was fun. I felt like I had protection in every cardinal direction you can think of. I was never alone in high school, middle school, or summer camp, or elementary school. So that was really nice to really grow up with my siblings and to grow up with my cousins. I was 12 when Michaela was born. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to realize, well, I'm the only girl and that title is going to go away. But then when she got here, it was like, gosh, like I needed you, you know? <laughs> she taught me love. She taught me so many things. Yeah, like, yeah. I love that. I love all three of them. I'm, I'm obsessed with them too. Um, but yeah, so we're like the grade eight is what we call ourselves. That's dope. Because <laughs> one thing I noticed about you all, well, you is family is like, if they don't exist, you don't exist. And what I mean by that is that the fact that you are, are super close, the fact that you all's family dynamic is in a dynamic I've never seen before. I feel like without them, I exist. I just have a different trajectory. Okay. Elab- like I stand on my own. Elaborate a little bit. They do add to the essence of my being. Mm-hmm. We, to your point, we are very unique. You know, I think we are a um, stone cold batch of family members. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we're great. I, I think we're, we've been through hell, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're, we're pretty great. We're very close knit. Something that we like to say is we love each other and we like each other. Mm. We want to be around each other all the time. Sure. We will go to, you know, my aunt, she has a, a rather big home, mm-hmm. but we'll go to her house and we'll sit in the same spot because we just like to be right on top of each other. Um, so that is very important to me and I value that. And to your point, not just the concept of my family is important to me, but just in general, family is important to me. Mm -hmm. Because I realized going so far away from home for college that I do have my family by blood, but I also have this family by love. And all of my friends in undergrad, that was my family by love. And they were equally important. You know, the friends who would bring me home with them on Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. because it was just unaffordable to fly home. For Thanksgiving and then two weeks later fly home, you know, for winter break. Yeah. It wasn't affordable to fly home for fall break. That wasn't a thing. And you're not about to drive 36 hours, you know, to come from North Carolina to Las Vegas. So I had people in North Carolina, folks, you know, just on the East Coast in general, who became family to me. And they are to this day really important to me. Who's the most important? Probably my husband. Outside of your husband. <laughs> we all know that. That's such an evil question. I can't say who's the most important. No, you can say it. Ah, I'm set my drink. <laughs> now, so um, you talked about you know pretty much life seemed like it was the I want to say the best thing ever. Well, it was for it you. It was what the best thing ever. My life. Yeah. Yeah, I still think my life. You still get the best thing ever, but of course we've all gone through some something that kind of like shifted and kind of reshaped our reality what are some of the things that kind of reshaped your reality to who versus who we know today versus the person who when reality was shooken 
or shaken, should I say? Come on now. <laughs> when your reality was shaken, what was life like then? Well, like you said, there's tons of those pivotal moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say for me, I had a really good friend slash god sister slash best friend slash whatever you want to call her is what she was to me. Um, and her name was Ashley. And she passed away in 2010. So we were only 20 years old when she passed away. Um, so she, she died at 20. Um, and I'm sorry, I hate saying, um, she, or her passing was very significant in my life because that phrase, uh, tomorrow isn't promised or you don't live forever. Yeah, you say that, but to lose a friend at 20, it really sunk in mm -hmm. that tomorrow isn't promised. And sometimes the young die, you know, before their elders. Also that phrase of parents aren't meant to bury their children started to ring differently in my head. I started to look at the way God intends for things to go and then the way as Americans or just as humans, we assume things should go. And I started to struggle with that dichotomy in my head. Um, for a very long time. I think today with what my family is currently growing through, I think I'm still struggling with that dichotomy of we weren't meant to do this. Well, did God say that or did we kind of make that up as mm -hmm. humans? So that's a struggle. But that changed me a lot. It made me want to become more intentional with my friendships and not in who I surround myself with, but how I invest in them. Um, I had some regrets, you know, with that friendship. Cause we were young, we've known each other since we were kids. Mm -hmm. So of course, if you're with me from my childhood, you know, up to the approaching part of my adulthood, you can honestly say you haven't done everything right. <laughs> you haven't For figured sure. it all out. Mm -hmm. So because we were childhood friends, there is a lot of regrets that were rooted in that. And I learned from her passing that I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live with regrets. At the same time that she passed away, I also was going through a breakup with my very first boyfriend that I've ever had in life. So that at that time in life was crucial to me and it was critical mm -hmm. and it was, it was hurtful. It wasn't, I didn't think it was conducive to happiness. Like I, I could not find how do I grow from this? How can I become happy from this? So that was one event in life. I think another event a little bit prior to that was getting ready to go to college. So my parents always told my brothers and I, we can afford to send you to school. We cannot afford to send you out of state. So you have to get scholarships. And my entire senior year, all I did was apply to scholarships. And the things that I applied for, I wasn't getting until finally our alma mater had offered me a very beautiful portion of money in which I could go and have, you know, no debt or very minimal debt. And I remember it was said to me that it was promised to me. I said, yep, I want it. Let's do it. I told my dad, this is my school. And I was hoping they would give me some money because that's where I wanted to be. But then even um, with that situation, the money kind of fell through in a way where it didn't pan out like I was told it would. Mm -hmm. So that was a defining <clears throat> moment in my life, too. As a senior in high school, how do I balance still being a straight A student, my extracurricular activities and, you know, navigating, applying for scholarships and understanding this world of higher education and academia as a first generation college student. Mm -hmm. So those are two pivotal moments prior to to me becoming who I am now that I think changed a lot of things for me. Now, you mentioned talking about your best friend prior to the, you had some regrets. 
what are some regrets that you feel that you've had in her passing? Honestly, it's finite things like communication. And we're girls. Girls at young ages aren't always the best communicators. Things can be a little catty or petty. I always felt as if I was just hiding behind her with a lot of things. I didn't want to rise to the top or stand next to her. I was very comfortable with hiding behind her. And that wasn't her fault. That was my choice, right? That had nothing to do with her. It was just comfortable behind her and not next to her. But when I don't address that or when I stay in that, I don't allow myself to become who God wanted me to be. I'm kind of stifling that. So some of the regret was rooted in I didn't tell her as a friend, this is what I'm struggling with or this is what I'm dealing with. Um, there was times where I felt I should have or could have opened up more to her to even expand our friendship. Mm. And I didn't necessarily do that. I relied on the fact that we're childhood friends. We'll be friends forever. <laughs> you know, our family, you know, our families are great friends. You'll always be my friend. I don't have to work hard at this. It's just going to work because you're my friend. And I was always good to her. I was kind to her because I loved her. Mm. And when you feel those things about somebody, it shows or it should show. So all of that showed because that's really how I felt about you. But the contentment in knowing that the friendship would not go anywhere because we're childhood friends, I think I largely regret that. That's why I said from her passing, I've learned to become more intentional with my friendships. I'm never going to take any friend for granted. Yeah, we're probably thick as thieves, but I'm still going to take the time to evolve with you, grow with you you know, learn from you, learn with you. I'm going to set aside the time to talk to you, reach out to you. We have a friend, Jamie. Jamie don't miss a beat. Jamie doesn't miss a birthday. She doesn't miss if somebody dies in your life. Jamie doesn't miss a graduation. And I want to be that kind of intentional with my friends. I don't want to miss a beat. And I don't want to chalk it up to, well, you my friend, you know I'm busy. I don't want to do that. But with Ashley, having been so comfortable in that friendship, it taught me to be better than that. So I think that's a large regret. Never get comfortable with people. Because even the folks that you love the most need to know that you value them. I mean, you got to change it up every now and then. That's deep. It's I, not. I, no, but if you think about it, it really is. Like, you may, to you, it may not be as deep as I'm thinking of it to be deep. Because I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking of my friendships right now. Like, right now, one of my friendships is, like, it's a little rocky. Is it? It could be. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's um, a friend's. Some friends I had since I first moved to Atlanta. Okay. And uh, we talked about this. And uh, we talk about everything. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of stuff on. Shut up. It's not stressful. It's just like the whole just valuing. It's, it's not. It's not. It's like either it's going to be or it's not going to be. Yeah. And the whole point of valuing friendships because sometimes, like you said, your friends become family, mm-hmm. and they become the family that you never had, mm-hmm. and that's what you and I's relationship is. It's like we're the family which each other didn't have. But we love calling each other friends. Oh, for sure. That word friend is so important. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and David in the Bible were friends. <laughs> and we are in a generation or a society, whatever you want to call it, we're in an era of life. We're calling somebody sis or bro or that's not that's the that's thing to do. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And I am not going to do that. If you're my friend, I'm going to call you my friend. I right. think it's such a beautiful title that we don't use enough. I love when I look at somebody, I'm like, that's my friend. I have two brothers. I have two great brothers. And my siblings are like brothers and sisters to me. But my friends are my friends. I mm-hmm. chose y'all and y'all chose me. I can stop talking to bro- both of my brothers today. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You still my brother. 
but my friends it's it's a choice mm-hmm. it's a two-way choice and it feels so good yeah to say that's my friend because when you say that i'm saying you chose me and i chose you with whatever drama we got going on we still choose each other absolutely yeah yeah so when ashley when like how did you deal with her passing because like i don't know like for me you if remember I, of course i do <laughs> But of course, the audience, they don't. And yeah, so she passed away that August 2010. I think it was just a couple of days before it was time for me to come back to Winston mm-hmm. to start um, junior year. So when I first got back, I think I didn't talk to my family at all. Um, and my mom even said to me, Drew, I'm going to have a hard time leaving you over here if you don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I think I said enough to give my parents comfort because I wanted to get out of Vegas. I felt like there was nothing left here. That was my first friend that I lost. So I got back to Winston. At the time, I was staying. I was sweet mates with my friend Kathy. We weren't roommates, however. Mm -hmm. Um, And from August to about October, I did not deal with it at all. My dealing was popping pills with a shot of Grey Goose almost five nights a week. My dealing with it was a lot of smoking and, you know, I ain't nobody smoker. So I was struggling. <laughs> I can only imagine. I ain't nobody smoke. I'm nobody's drinker. Okay. So I was just struggling, but I wasn't dealing with it at all. I was on academic probation. I My skin was looking bad. You know, hair was looking bad. I just. Wait, you on academic probation? Yeah, I know. Perfect me. Don't even say perfect. Uh, I was. <laughs> but there was no dealing with it. There was no figuring out how to move forward and I had a really great friend at that time in my life who saw that I was completely different than what I had been freshman year and sophomore year and she said to me come hang out with me and my friends so that's how I got connected with you and you know everyone else who's Shalee and Jamie who were a part of CLMC and CAB Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of integrated into being more socially active than I was on campus. Well, from there, the smoking minimized, but the popping pills with my alcohol was really easy because I could do that silently in my room. So it was around, it was right before homecoming. I remember, I can't remember the day of the week, but I remember like it was yesterday that I called my mom and I was crying. And it's probably my first time talking to my mom in months, (laughs) you know, since they had dropped me off. Yeah. Uh, Even my dad at one point had wrote me like a five, three to five page letter, I think, just articulating his feelings about how much he just needs to know that I'm okay. It was so much going on. And my family in Vegas equally had a lot going on at the same time that I'm in North Carolina with a lot going on. But I called my mom Vegas time. She was at choir rehearsal. Our time, I think I had just got done getting drunk. So I called her and she answered the phone and she answered it um, with apprehension, I can tell in her voice. Like he was shivering. Yeah. And the only thing I said was, Mommy, I need some help. And she left choir rehearsal and she went home and she walked in the house buying a plane ticket. My dad had just had knee surgery. So she was going to get herself a ticket and she was going to come to her baby who needed some help in North Carolina. And my dad is like, well, I'm coming too. So that night I went to sleep and I remember that next day I went to class for maybe the fourth or fifth time. That whole semester, I I wasn't going. I went to class maybe the fourth or fifth time that entire semester. And when I got back from class that afternoon, my parents were at my dorm. And um, I will forever be grateful. And I feel like I will forever owe them every ounce of love that my heart can conjure up. Because when I said I needed some help, mm-hmm. they came and they got me. 
They did. I wanted them to bring me home, but they weren't going to bring me home. They they came out there and connected me with some people. Uh-huh. Um, they spent some time with me. They they looked at me. They prayed with me. They let me cry. They just came and got me out of the residence halls for a little bit. You know, we stayed in a hotel. They fed me meals outside of the calf. They they poured into me. And when they left, I felt like I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only person on this earth who has lost somebody. Yeah. Although I lost my somebody, I know that there's somebody else out here that I can connect to. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized your birthday was her death date. And ever since then, I felt like I'm good over here. I have angels in heaven and I have angels walking on earth over here and I'm great. Shout out to me. Not just you. <laughs> I'm an angel. Well, probably take the E out of there. There's an angle. But, exactly. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> so, in, let's talk about our friendship. Who? Cool. So, we met through a mutual friend. Yes. And the first thing I said to you was what? Oh, gosh. Because we met in the calf. Because our mutual friend had... I know you were cursing at me. I know that was... Ain't no way I was cursing. Ain't no way. I can't remember what you were saying. I just know, like... I remember, like... um, I remember... What do I remember? You people remember. You were brought to the calf. our friend had introduced me to all of you. Right. And in her introduction of me to all of you, I remember you had said some of the lines of, oh, her mouth don't work. Yes. And why couldn't I introduce myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. And I remember quite... looking at you. And nobody laughed. All of them were like, Joby, shut up. Shut up. You know, our friend Jamie. Shut up, shut up. Um, but I looked at him. I was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you do not know me. Um, and then. I sat down to eat with y'all and you were just a jerk. Not just to me, but to everybody. And I remember telling myself, in my season of life, I don't need that. I did not need that. And I just was so hell bent on, I don't gotta rock with him. Like I do that don't gotta be my friend, nor do I have to engage in conversation with him. I don't need him. Mm-hmm. It's my junior year. I don't need you. You are yeah. one person. Everyone else was so kind. You know, and our mutual friend who introduced me to this group, she didn't tell you all my story. Right, right, right. But, and I, I appreciate her to this day for that because she led with, Joy's a great person. Joy is cool. This is the home. She didn't lead with, oh, she's going through this. So, you know, be, or walk around eggshells with her. She didn't do that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that she never did that. She kind of let it be my story to tell when I wanted to tell it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you were, you were horrible. And in my head, I remember saying, I'm like, Cubs is miserable. I'll say, all oh, this is about me on my own show. Yeah, you were horrible. I felt like you were miserable. I felt like everybody in your life really wasn't your friend. They were just around you to get through college. That's how horrible you were. Some days after that, I ended up, you said something and I just ended up crying. Because what you said was very parallel to things that my loved ones say back at home. And had to you, redeem myself. But then you, the F you crying for is what you said. And I finally said, you know what? My sister passed away uh, just a couple of months ago. I am struggling to be here. I'm doing the best that I can. And I'm telling you all of this and I'm crying. 
And ever since then, our relationship changed. Mm -hmm. You did not delicately, delicately handle me, but you knew, oh, she got something going on. And I think also for you, it lets you know that people have silent battles. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, because that was a very silent battle until I told you what was happening. And our relationship became one of inclusion. Anytime something was happening, it wasn't just our mutual friend telling me about it. Everybody, like I was part of the, you know, group messages. I was a part of, because at the time we're doing larger emails and we are large text <laughs> messages, right? <laughs> um, I was a part of put, don't of put that. no age on us. Yeah. I was a part of all of that. Mm -hmm. So our relationship changed in that moment. And that was, again, that was probably late September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, late September-ish. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes, yep, yep, yep. Because I believe homecoming was about to happen. Yeah, home, well, homecoming that year happened after my parents came out there. Okay, okay. Because mm -hmm. I remember... Um, I remember the day like we really like became like the we came we were friends of course when yeah, we first we started. Yeah, we were friends. And you got a, a, uh, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, oh, a yeah, fuzzy yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so I remember the day. You really just interrupted yourself to tell me that I'm on my couch. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember the day when we actually became best friends. Don't ask the date. I don't remember all that. You don't remember the day. I remember the day vividly. <laughs> okay. Up here. I walked into the office because you were in Shalee's office right. at the, um, because you're in the hot seat. People, I'm not, though. Most people who sit there typically start sweating and stuff because mm. they got to tell their whole life My story. My ain't on hot seat, bruh. Pancakes, bruh. <laughs> so, um, I walked in the office being loud me during that time. You were obnoxious. You were, and then you were everywhere. Oh, you were everywhere. I had to be. Can't be big thing popping in one place. Yeah, you were literally big thing popping, and I'm like, gosh, does he sit down? You would think I'd be skinny. <laughs> one big thing. That, but God did not give you that. Okay. <laughs> My metabolism. He said, "Oh, this one's gonna be difficult. I have to give him a little Absolutely. <laughs> so I walked into the office, and you were sitting at the computer, and I don't know what we were talking about before, prior to, but. All I remember is like, you know, Jovi, anybody don't know that my nickname from college is Jovi. So, you like Jovi? One of your nicknames Yeah, one of them. One of the many. Um, but the one that stuck with the most, yeah, was because that one, that one means a lot to me. Um, because that name was given to me by my friends. Yeah. And my friends, when I needed friends, that's what it was. But um, you said, hey, you mean friends? And I was like, I thought we already are friends. And you're like, no, like best friends. And I was like... Shit, hell yeah. Because, like, I've it never... Was easy money. Yeah, it was easy because, like, we was just cool like that. And most people would think, like, oh, y'all ain't friends. But now we're, like, we're, we like, friends. Like, mm -hmm. friends, friends. Like, if we're, like, friends, like, we grew up together type friends. Right. And had, like, you know, my parents haven't just settled in Vegas or your parents settled in Syracuse, that's what it had, would have been. Like, we would just grew up together, friends. And those people, like, you thought, oh, y'all dating, y'all got this going on. I'm like, nah, it's nothing like that. This is a strictly platonic relationship. Yeah. And I feel like if we wanted to date, we could have. That's yeah. just not, I'm sorry, you're great, you're not my kind of guy. I ain't my type of girl. Clearly, I'm into light-skinned men. Shout Durham, out to Ryan. From Durham. Who, <laughs> Bull City. From, <laughs> clearly, that's my type. It's all the way your type. Way. Mm, okay, we're not going to do all this, okay? <laughs> we're going to stop. <laughs> but, um... We're 
Oh, really? Go ahead. You go ahead. You're the host yeah, now. To your point, you're right. Yeah, and then I think that even kind of changed our dynamic of our friendship once that became because it was like, you know, we were, in a sense, we're inseparable. Well, and it was also like a childhood fulfillment that neither one of us really had. Facts. We never had, neither one of us had that kindergarten moment. You have to be my best friend. Yeah, no, no. Because like <laughs> I moved, in a sense, I kind of moved a lot because yeah. like I said, I had spent my first 16 years in Syracuse and then we didn't have like access to the internet. So I lost connection with all of my friends and growing up. Um, so it was like that. And then I moved to North Carolina right. and then from North Carolina, I went to a different school, like away from people that I went to school with. And it was even hard for me to even develop friendships back then. And I think my, be my friends, best friends, whatever were made for me growing up. Mm. Uh, my best friend, Jonathan is literally one of my mom's friends, son, you know, and his parents are my little brother's godparents. Yeah. And Ashley, you know, my mom was doing her mom's hair when my mom was at the hair school. And her mom and my aunt are really close. Mm -hmm. And then I have my god sister, Carolyn. Well, it's my god sister. Right. You know, Morgan, she's also my god sister. Those are my friends. And I, I just feel like my friends growing up were made for me. Mm -hmm. They were, by way of my parents, these are going to be my friends. Yeah. I experienced making friends of my own in college. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, it was like a fulfillment of this childhood ideology that you're on the playground at some point and you ask you gonna be my best friend <laughs> and then and from that day forward you share lunches together yeah your parents make sure you in the same classes for the next school year so it was very childlike mm -hmm. and nostalgic for both of us yeah for sure yeah. yeah yeah that was like i think that's kind of like in a sense where nigga you have like life-changing moments mm -hmm. and i had quite a few life-changing moments in college from where i almost flunked out of school Hush. <laughs> Sitting in college algebra. We were struggling, struggling together. Oh, God. And Look at us. We, got we about to have multiple, multiple degrees, degrees. now. <laughs> you know them C's get degrees. We struggle to get one. Right. I'm about to have three. <laughs> Power T is not going to get a PhD. You probably are. No, whatever. Anywho, but um, I want to talk about friendship and what friendship really, really means. Not just to you, but like what friendship should mean because I feel like if anybody I know, I think you take friendship probably the most serious out of all of my friends. And it helps me to take my friendships a lot serious. Because for me, it's like I'm the guy, I tend to be the guy who, where if life gets caught, uh, catches me up, I get caught up with it. And it's like, oh, my friends, they understand. I think there's a time. You make a lot of excuses. I'm going to tell that. You, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you are a very, I know you don't like me using this word intentional because it was my word for the year, but she snatched it from me. Um, I just said do better. That's what friends do. But what does friendship, what should friendship really mean and look like? That's a, that question is relative. Everybody's answer is different. For sure. If everybody walked around trying to foster and nurture the friendships that I have, it might not be authentic. So I know earlier you said, you posed the question and you, you were just saying, not to you, but in general. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I can answer in general because there are people out there who don't have friendships like mine, but have really good friendships. Um, so for me, I have to make it specific. For me, my friendships are genuine very authentic, 
there is no end date on them. You don't know everything, but you know something by way of how I answer the phone, how I'm texting, you know? <laughs> I'm married, so to me, my friendships are not even linear. You gotta like him too. You gotta love him too. It's not enough for me for you to love my husband, but you don't like him. That's not gonna work for me, you know? Um, you, I need you to like him and love him. And I think I showed that because when I started dating Ryan, I did like a tour. <laughs> Meet Ryan, get to know Ryan with everybody. That, you know, is meaningful to mm -hmm. me. Um, but my friendships are unique in a sense to where the ones that I keep close fulfill so much for me. And they don't even know that they're fulfilling so much. I'm in a season now where I'm actually reevaluating a lot of that. I'm actually stepping back and I'm, I'm saying, well, did I want my friendships to be that or are they really that? Uh, because as life happens and life will happen to everybody, it is not just happening to me and we all grow old. But if you cannot be intentional or make time for the people that you love, then I'm probably not your friend because mm. I would do it for you. And I'm a firm believer and I don't need to know what you're going through for me to be there for you. I've done it to you before. We just weren't talking the way we used to. It, right. It's insane the amount of times in a week we talk. It's actually very crutch-like. Uh, <laughs> we should not talk as many times in a day as we do. But I noticed when things change, I straight up said, you ain't got to tell me what's going on with your life. But I know that something is going on because things are different. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that I am here. And me saying that opened up this dialogue. And I'm like, you just need to come to Vegas. And the very next week, you were in Vegas. <laughs> that was my first time here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. We're on the, on the swing. Container Park. Container and Park. We're outside on, drinking. Yep. And you laid out on the couch like we bought a booth. And did. you had your little Jack and Coke. I think it was like five of them on the table. First of all, it wasn't that many. Well, it was probably that many after we finished I talking. I pulled the photo up. Oh, <laughs> I remember that picture. No, because I think that at that point in time, like I was fresh into Atlanta, and I needed my friend. Well, and we struggled with depression post graduation. Absolutely. And it wasn't a thing to be talked about back then. Yeah. We both had. I mean, I lived in the house with my parents for a year and didn't talk to them. That we both struggled with post graduation depression. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't, like I said, being disaggregated a lot. Yeah, the yeah, way for it sure. Is now. Mm -hmm. It's like I feel like we were the guinea pigs, and not us individually, but our generation was kind of the guinea pigs. Yeah. Stuff. The mm -hmm. earlier or middle part of millennials were guinea pigs for like, including technology. I mean, I see us as Oregon Trailblazers. We're the last generation to equally play outside and get introduced to technology. Mm -hmm. So, defining friendship, I don't think I can do. I can say the things that I desire from friends, but in the same sense, I want friends to tell me what they desire from me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to meet your needs and I want you to meet my needs. I want to have fun. I want to laugh. I want to know that I always have somebody in my corner. I want you to have my mom and my daddy's phone number in your phone. I don't ever want something to happen to a friend and I don't know about it. You know, if you passed out somewhere, I want to know that Jerome or Crystal, you know, have they have my number and they can pick up the phone and say, Joy, we just want to give you a heads up. 
blah, blah, blah happened to Jody. And mm. I want the same to be true, you know, for you. And not just with you, but with the people that I consider my friends. Mm. I want them to have that. Yeah. I want them to be the folks who will be notified mm -hmm. if something happened to me. That was a very deep answer. Wasn't expecting all that. Yeah, I just don't think I can define it. Because it, it's right, it's relative. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's definition is different. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I can describe it with words. I think I can describe it with a feeling. What's that feeling? The feeling I get for every friend is so different. What's the feeling you get for Jamie? Oh, that's like Mama Jamie. <laughs> but the type of Mama Jamie that you can get lit with, uh -huh. but also the type to know to take the drink out your hand. <laughs> Because she knows sex is an emotional drug and we're yeah. not doing that tonight, mm -hmm. right? Jamie is the type to this day could have hell going on in her own world but will stop and listen to you. I think I'm that way with a lot of people because Jamie was that way with us. Mm -hmm. I learned from her, sometimes stepping out of your own world to listen to somebody else is actually healing and therapeutic. So it's oftentimes when I'm going through the thick of it in life that mm -hmm. I'm doing the most for other people. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I get... Mama Jamie from her, but at the same time, I still get bust a move Tyndall from her. So, get the best of both worlds. You get the best of both worlds, but it's really it's just a feeling. It's mm -hmm. a feeling, and Jamie and I share a birthday. Yeah. So I feel like I'm sorry you stuck with me, sis. Jamie, you're stuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, every everybody is. It's just a feeling, and it's so mm -hmm. different. Yeah. You were recently married. Yes. 2019. September, the homecoming before September fourteenth. Factuals. <laughs> September fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. You better know it. I ain't got no anniversary gift, but you better know it. That basket over there. It's, I'm like three fourths of that basket. You only no. said that because you want the audience to know that I'm still using a gift that you got me. So as you as you should. Selfish. Yep, <laughs> I'm a selfish guy. But um, you recently married. And millennial marriage isn't the hard, isn't the easiest thing ever, from what I hear. I'm not married yet. I mean, take out millennial. And marriage itself there isn't the easiest thing ever. There you go. But going from September of 2019 and then turn around, then, then a whole pandemic happens. Well, before the pandemic happened, my grandma died. Yeah, grandmother passed away. And then your grandfather was fortunate enough to marry you and Ryan. You are all out of order. Okay, well, put me my in order. My grandfather married me and Ryan before my grandma passed away. I wasn't saying all that, though. I was <laughs> just saying that he was just fortunate enough to marry you. I lost my first grandfather <clears throat> in 2016. My heart, everything about me is rooted in what Benny Ellis taught me. Benny and Ellis. I know. That is my man's 100 grand. Every I attribute a lot of who I am to how he raised my dad, because what he gave my dad, my dad gave me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when my papa Benny died, my world was shook, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's adulthood, that's out of college. From there, that was my very first grandparent I lost. So I had gone 26 years of life with all four of my grandparents. We go to the same church, lived in the same city, life was good. Ryan, I was dating Ryan at the time. He was actually living here in Las Vegas. Um, I remember studying for the GRE, um, sitting next to my grandfather's bed in the rehab center. It was after he passed away, I went ahead and took the test. And because I had a really good score to get a scholarship, I went ahead and I applied. And I got into a master's program at UNLV. So I started my master's in 2017. 
Ryan proposed 2018. We planned our wedding for a year and two months. Got married September 14, 2019. My grandfather actually backpedaled a little bit during our year of planning our wedding. My grandfather, my papa Bill, mm -hmm. who married us, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So he went through radiation. I believe it was radiation to shrink it. And that was scary to me. I'm like, oh gosh, what? I lost, I wasn't even thinking about the wedding. I was thinking about my papa. Yeah. I'll never forget, he said to me, Joy, what did I tell you I was gonna do? And I was like, you said you were gonna marry me and Ryan. He said, then that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and I swear when he said, then that's what I'm gonna do, I just felt like, oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. I'm, I ain't got nothing to worry about. The man of God has spoken. I felt like his word is bond. He's going to marry me and Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I, the la wedding was the last thing I was even thinking about. I just wanted him to stay on earth. Yeah. Because my grandmother had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. um, and I still felt like it was more to, li more to this life. Yeah. And he needed to be here. So he went through everything he needed to go through. And it was, it was a tough time. But it wasn't a very long, it, it felt long, but when I sit back and look at it, it wasn't like years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was all within this one year planning this wedding that a lot of this happened. Yeah. So yes, my grandfather married Ryan and I, and he did that, okay? And then he danced with me. What was that song he was dancing Bring him to? out. Yeah. <laughs> so when that's the song Y'all came to, out to that. Yeah. He, was, but he, when I say he said, bring him out, bring him out, up until the day he died, oh man. We did a Super Bowl party at the house because uh, my mom and my sisters, they mm -hmm. all went away. And my grandfather, every time somebody made a touchdown, would scream, bring them out, bring them out. It was so funny. Um, so then Christmas Day 2019, Ryan and I are married for three months at the time. Mm -hmm. I woke up and I was telling Ryan, I was like, something just don't feel right. And we had this grand plan on how we were going to split up holidays in North Carolina and Las Vegas. We had this beautiful plan in dating on how we were going to do things. Mm -hmm. And then life happened and life happened again. And then life happened some more and then life has happened. And I feel like if life happens to me this year, I am going to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. But we decided that we're not going to make this grand plan anymore. We are going to take things as they come. Um, so when my grandmother passed away on December 25th, we had already had flights to go to North Carolina the very next day to go and spend the rest of the holiday season with his mom and his grandma. Well, I didn't get on that plane because in my head, I cannot go be around your granny when mine just died less than 24 hours ago. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't go and engage with your mother. I'm incapable of doing it. And you are going to be held accountable in my mind because I'm a wife. In my mind, you're held accountable for making sure that I'm okay. And you can't be checking on me. I remember he asked me, well, what do you want me to do? And I didn't have an answer. I don't know. I wanted him to make his own decision because I don't want him. I didn't want him to do anything for me. I wanted him to make a decision and I wanted us to live with the decision that he made. Mm -hmm. So Ryan chose to go home. Um, when he went home, we had planned to be there for seven days, I want to say. But I think with him being away for three days, I called him. I said, you need to get back to Vegas. Like, I'm not okay. And he was here the next day. <laughs> he wrapped it up. He said, whoever I didn't see, I just didn't see. Mm -hmm. I'm getting back to my wife. And we learned, you know, yeah. a lot of folks will probably say, oh, I never would have left. Well, if he never would have left, I never would have learned what I learned. Right, right, right. You know? Um, and then, to your point, the pandemic hit. Boom. <laughs> 
we go to Napa in February 2020 for Valentine's Day. We're hearing about COVID, but we're not thinking much of it because life hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. As soon as we got back from Napa, I was told to fill out a, or fill out a, a survey or a questionnaire or something for my job on what I would need to work from home. I think about a week after that, because I was working for the state, we were told by the governor, work from home. And that's when things got scary. Because at that time, again, we only been married since September, so mm -hmm. it's been five months. We're newlyweds. We have bought a house, had a wedding, and had a honeymoon in 2019. I had a beautiful bachelorette weekend. I finished up my master's and started the PhD all in 2019. I closed out a legislative session, you know, with the state of Nevada. So in my mind, I'm like, everybody losing their jobs left and right. I got scared. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I got <clears throat> yeah. scared. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting down with Ryan with tears in my eyes. I said, babe, we need to talk about this because I work for the state. Right. So I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. I worked for Inchi at the time. So the system of higher education in the state of Nevada. I said, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, you deal with budget cuts. Mm -hmm. I didn't work in the private sector. Scared, and I was on my knees praying, and God is so good because I didn't lose my job, and my husband didn't lose his job. Ryan got increased hours, you know, and I did have to take six furlough days, but we lived so below our means that I didn't even notice my checks were smaller for six months. I didn't recognize it because in my head, I was so grateful that I'm still getting paid. I yeah. still have a job, and I'm working from 6 a.m. sometimes to 9 p.m. Because it was crazy. And I was sitting on this couch working every single day. But uh, everything that we needed was taken care of. Uh, finished out a semester. And once that semester ended, I did one week of summer school. And then my papa died in May. The grandfather who was married to my grandma who passed on Christmas. Then that happened. And it life was just weird. Mm -hmm. It was so <clears throat> So now at that point, I've lost three grandparents. So to date, I have one grandparent alive and it's my paternal grandmother, Annie, Annie Holiday. So life was, it was just shaky. And in between my grandfather dying, we had like a deacon at our church who died. You know, my aunt's best friend had passed away. I think it was from cancer. I believe it was from cancer. I had friends who lost their life, you know, to COVID. It was a lot that was going on. And I felt like I was just kind of sitting on this couch watching it all happen. Um, and then on top of that, I'm a newlywed during the pandemic. <laughs> so our first year of marriage was September 14th, 2020. And I didn't, I didn't foresee being locked in the house with my husband when I married him on September 14th, 2019. I didn't see that coming. You know, I didn't see the hard conversation about finances happening so fast. Hmm. And again, we had it and nothing changed. No jobs were lost, no income. Like we were fine, but I guess the unknown forced us to have that conversation differently than before when you're dating. Um, and it, it was a lot of arguing. <laughs> it was a lot. I don't, be, I don't see y'all arguing though. Like I just, because Ryan's so cool, calm and collective. Collect oh it's collected. Mm -hmm. I've all my life been saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Mm. I mean, that's why you got a PhD. Not, that's why you got a PhD. And I don't. I don't have a PhD. I'm trying. <laughs> you are Doctor Sparrow in my book. Hello, I'm that in my book too. So there you go. Thank you. thank you for your support. But I just don't see 
Like, I can just see y'all like just fussing like y'all do. But I don't see... Well, there was that one time in California. I think I know how to argue <laughs> because I had siblings. And I grew up with my cousins. So I know how to tip for tat, you know. But I know when to stop. But you know how to hit a button that people don't like being pushed But I'm not, the, I, I'm not the only one in this marriage who knows how to hit a button. This is true. But still. No, there's no but to it because you just negated everything else. <laughs> one thing that is true about me is it takes a lot mm -hmm. for me to get there. But even once I'm there, I do know how to say, wait a second. Let's stop for a second. And I might scream it, but mm -hmm. I know how to recognize that we need to stop because I know what I'm capable of. I am still learning, right, what other people are capable of, but I know what I can do. But um, I, I know how to argue. I think because I grew up with so many young people. I know my how to argue. In the church, you know, I grew up with so many young folks. So I know how to do this and then not get that bad. Um, I don't know how to argue in the sense of marriage. Now, all your arguments. So wait, do not there's have like to different types of arguments, like there's a marriage argument. I think so, and yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. What you think, Ryan? With the, <coughs> the way that I would argue with my well, that's unfair because he's over there. This is my time. Okay, we'll save it then. Just want to be selfish, but okay, go ahead. It's your show. Selfish. I mean, it's cool. I, I you can come peek your head here real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> I do think there are, I, I think there are levels to arguing. And I think a disagreement and an argument are two different things. What are the levels to arguing? You can argue with your cousins. That's different than how you might argue with your siblings because you don't go to the same house as your cousins do, right? For sure. You might have a teenage back and forth argument with a mother, but you might not argue the same way with your daddy. You know, you might have a little tiff with your, oh, what's that? that what are you using? Mm, you know, a little rave butter. Okay, we'll have to talk about that later. Lip balm. But yeah, a, a way that you might go back and forth with a grandparent, I don't think would be the same with a parent. I think there are levels to arguing. Mm. Um, so what's and I think that disagreements are different, you know? Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't grow up in a home where my parents argued as husband and wife. So to me, even if they had disagreements, which I know they did because they are not perfect people, but when they had them, it was never in front of their children. They showed us love, mm -hmm. period, point blank. They showed us love, and they're still showing it to us today. They are showing us a couple who raised their children in Christ and who loved each other, and not by saying it, but by showing it. Mm -hmm. So when I first started having disagreements and arguments with my husband, I didn't know what to do. Because in my head, I never saw that growing up. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to put a cap on it, you know, so that fire don't get bigger. Or I don't know how to avoid it. I'm unaware. And then when I talk to my mom about these things, she's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, your dad didn't, we didn't do that in, in front of you. And my mom helps me understand that you don't want to make a life of arguing, but it might happen every now and then. It might happen. Um, and you're, you should always learn from it. You should never keep arguing about the same thing. Yeah. And you should never let it get to a point where you're angry with each other or you're holding on to it mm -hmm. that part we are kind of ushering in our second year of marriage we're ushering into that yeah okay <laughs> but yes <clears throat> you're perfect ryan and i we, i'm not saying my man's is perfect we but have arguments that's my man 50 grand though yeah i mean is he, is he? i mean yeah man. I, it's just weird saying that when you know him through me but whatever i mean yeah yeah i mean i lucked up and get another brother but you know, it's all good because I appreciate it. But 
So now that you've experienced marriage, what are some of the hardships that you really experienced? Because I know there was a time that you and Ryan had to be apart for some time. In marriage, like just for us or like in life that impacted marriage? For y'all. Just to For us. Yeah. Okay. I think the first one was, like I said, the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. of what the pandemic would do to our jobs. Um, our careers, you know, because yeah. I bust my butt to get where I'm at. So I was scared, like, what's going to happen to me? So I think that was a hardship. Um, it didn't pan out the way we thought, which is really good. For sure. But in the, in the getting to the final answer part, that was difficult. Um, that was one hardship. I think another hardship is development of relationships. So on his side of the family and my side of the family, just developing relationships with certain people has has not always proven to be as easy as you think it'll be. And that was a hardship because that impacts your marriage. Um, In 2020, so really in 2019, in December, I was um, offered a job to go and work for Governor Sisolak, who's the governor of the state of Nevada. I was asked to come be his director of legislative and internal affairs peak move of my career right like that's the that's the stuff that i have been grinding for Mm -hmm. didn't see it coming at 30 i thought i wasn't going to achieve something like that so i was in my 40s type thing and i got it a lot sooner than what i thought and i was so happy and the requirement was i had to move to the state capital so in nevada our capital is carson city which is about a seven and a half hour drive from las vegas but if you fly it's like an hour 15 20 minutes i can't recall um, but it's also a pandemic, so a lot of folks aren't flying, right? So I had to have that conversation with Ryan in a sense where, Ryan, this is my, this is a dream of mine. Like, I got to do this, but I'm also a married woman. And I don't want to do something that would jeopardize my marriage. And as soon as I told Ryan about the job, he had the reaction I did not expect. And this Negro... Starts jumping up and down, <laughs> clapping his hands. Woo, you gotta do that. And I'm like, but you don't want me to stay. It was so bad. We had gone through, you know, 2020. No, I'm sorry. It was December 2020 when the job was offered to me. I moved up there January 2021. So we had gone through 2020 with everything that had happened. And I'm like, Ryan, I'm about to move like seven hours away. And he said, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. We got to do this. He was like, I'll come see you. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So shout out to the husbands out there who support their wives, even when it's a sacrifice for them to support their wives. Like, shout out to them for real. Um, And in that moment, Ryan, in my opinion, made me bigger than our marriage. And it was a scary feeling because in my mind, No, this is it. Like, this is the marriage. But Ryan made me, he made me and my goals and my ambition and the things that I wanted, he made all of that bigger than marriage. To him, this marriage is good, baby. We're good. Go do you in every sense of the word because we, this house is going to be good. And he just made me feel like what I wanted to achieve was bigger than this. Mm. And I was like, damn. So... I did what my husband said. We figured it out. (laughs) I um, reached out to a friend and she had a room that I could rent from her. She lived in Reno and we found the date and my husband and I packed up my car a week after the new year. We packed up my car January 2021 um, and Ryan rode up to Reno with me. I unpacked, moved into my friend's house, started my job the very next day. 
So although I was renting a room in Reno, I was driving into Carson City, which was probably like a 30, 40 minute drive. Mm -hmm. A beautiful, beautiful, Northern Nevada is so beautiful. It was a wonderful drive. But I did that from January until June. I did not move back home until June 8th. There were a lot of, not a lot, I think a couple of days I flew home. But some of those trips were like one day trips mm -hmm. to go to the doctor or something like that. I flew home another time my aunt was doing a soiree. So I planned a doctor appointment that same weekend so I can go to that. And then Ryan came up to see me for Valentine's Day, I think was the only time he came up. No, twice. I think he came up there twice. Um, but yeah, I went six months from January to June living in a, another city from my husband that I hadn't even been married to for two years. And it was difficult, to say the least. What were some of the difficult moments of being away from your husband? I think some of the racism that I experienced with the job that I was working, some of the threats to my life that I experienced, and I felt like I had nobody to protect me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this man vowed to protect me, but he's not here to protect me. So I felt like that was difficult. And I did not hold him, I didn't like hold it against him. Right, because right. it was yeah, a yeah, mutual yeah. choice. But I'm just saying, the things that people were saying to me, you know, the things that people said about me on Twitter, people are bullies on Twitter. You know, the way people attacked me. Yeah, because I was about to fly up here one weekend. Yeah, so. I'll never forget when it was announced that I was going to go work for a governor, a press release went out. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I said to my brothers was, don't look at the tweets, because I messed up. <laughs> I was looking at what folks were saying. I was like, whoa, they coming up for blood, okay? I told my brothers, don't look at the tweets. Both of them looked at the tweets. You should have known they were going to do it. One, I can't remember which one it was. One of them said, should you be doing this? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know. But, uh, Marvin so now, and Keith are very protective of you. I got really hot because it was crazy. Told you it was a hot seat. See, told you. It, it was, was hot. crazy. I got really warm just now. But, um, yeah, it was, I think that was one of the toughest things. I just felt like my husband couldn't protect me. Mm. And I felt like it was his job to protect me. But then another hardship was I couldn't take care of him. Mm. And I felt like my job is to take care of him. I feel like it I feel like God designed Ryan and I so perfectly that God knew I needed not a Ryan, but that Ryan in my life for everything that was about to come my way. And I think God knew that that Ryan needed this joy. For everything that was about to come. Absolutely. Away. And I felt like I can't take care of his heart from over here. You know, I can't look at him and physically say, maybe you should walk away from your computer for a second. You know, I felt like I couldn't do any of those things. So feeling like I could not be the wife that I wanted to be was really difficult mm -hmm. for me. It was hard. Um, and then my job, I worked late hours. So we couldn't talk the way I wanted us to talk. Um, so that was, that was difficult. Another hardship was... I went through the same 2020 that everybody else went through. I'm traumatized from what we just experienced. You know, I having a hard time with this and then I up and move, you know, away from my family, but I thrive in adversity. So it worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think not seeing him mm -hmm. enough was, was another hardship for me. That was very difficult and maintaining two households. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ryan, we were maintaining our home here in Las Vegas. But we were also maintaining me living in another home in another yeah. city. So making sure that he is going to get the groceries that he needs, but making sure I'm getting what I need. Making sure mortgage is paid and he making sure my rent is paid up there every month. You mm -hmm. know, So we were doing double of everything 
my gas increased because I wasn't, drive, wasn't driving anywhere for a whole year. And now, six days a week, I'm driving into Carson City. It's about 30, 45 minutes. Six days a week? Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, I worked from home. Mm. Mm-hmm. Life working for the feds. So what were some ways that you all were able to stay connected? Because, of course, that was the hardship. But, like, there's always some good in every situation that we go through. I think that's one of those statements we should get rid of. What if, what if there isn't good in everything we go through? But there had to be some sort of piece of good that you say, you know what, regardless of what we're going through, what we're experiencing right now. How did we stay connected was your question? Yeah. If I honestly answer it, we did not stay connected. Really? Yes. So there was a disconnect there between... There were times that we just wouldn't communicate. There were times that every time we would get on the phone, we were just going back and forth, arguing. There were, there was a couple of weeks that we just didn't talk. I don't think we stayed connected. It, it was tough. Even when he came up there Valentine's Day weekend, I was working... It was hard. It was hard. Did you ever think that you guys wouldn't have make wouldn't make it? No, I never thought that. Okay. I just felt like I needed to get back home. Mm-hmm. I, I I felt I need to and home, not necessarily this place. I needed to get back home, as into him. He could have been anywhere, and it would have been home. Get back to his heart. Yeah, I just needed to get back to him. I needed him to hug me and just like physically tell me it's gonna be fine, Joy. Like we got this. What? But I'm sure he work? was telling you that over the phone, though, right? Don't do a boy like that. No, I'm not doing him any kind of way. Don't take up for him. Um, <laughs> we we did. I kid you not. We did a lot of arguing because it was hard. So what were y'all arguing about? My, there is nobody in my family that we could talk to mm-hmm. about it. No, I, no one else had gone through that. We we didn't have anybody to talk to. What are some of the things that y'all arguing about? My goodness, everything. Ryan, are you spending money eating out or are you getting food and cooking? Like we're spending increased amounts of money because we're mm-hmm. paying mortgage and a rent now. Right. So are you being smart with your, you know, stuff like that. Ryan, are you sleeping on the couch? Like look, and that's something so small, but to me, breaking his bachelor lifestyle was important, right? So are you sleeping on the couch? So you trying to break him going, in. Hmm? You trying to break him in. No. I'm I just playing. want him to realize he wasn't a bachelor, you know? Uh-huh. But, um... Are you sleeping on the couch or are you getting in the bed? You know, so little stuff like that. Are you right? Are you cleaning the toilets so they're not? <laughs> you, but honestly, little things. But little things are so big. For sure. Yeah, yeah, bed. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was tough. And then making time for me. I know you're working increased hours. I know I'm working increased hours. So when I call you or when I Facetime you, do you really have to be watching the game? Because I'm watching you. Like, can you just give me this? Th- those things were tough. It was really tough. And then, honestly, just sleeping by myself was hard. Mm, how was that? Because for a year, I've gone to bed with Ryan, and I felt like I cried myself to sleep because the pandemic was scary. My anxiety increased. I wasn't able to grocery shop. Like, my mom had to do our grocery shopping. It was horrible. So I felt like for a year, you know, I'm, I'm crying because my granny passed away, and then crying because my papa passed away, then crying because I feel like the family is falling apart, although we weren't. Those are just thoughts that are in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying because I will never forgive America for what they did to grocery stores in March of 2020. Like, people were buying things they just did not need. I had friends who were having babies who couldn't produce milk, and I couldn't find them formula. Hell, I couldn't even go to the grocery store to get oranges, you know? So I was just struggling. I felt like for a year... I cried myself to sleep and he was there to hold me. And then out of nowhere, he wasn't there to hold me. Mm-hmm. So, 
your emotions kind of make <clears throat> things more heightened. Yeah. But those are some of our arguments. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what was it? The things, of course, that term ended in you said June or July. Sonny died was May 31st. I moved back home June, oh gosh, June 7th or 8th. Okay. And coming back together, what was that? What was that experience or that feeling of coming back together? So my mom, <laughs> my mom flew to Reno right. to drive back home with me. It, okay. was a, it was the mother-daughter time that I needed. She's, uh, she's like the best part of me. If I'm ever going to be anything like anybody, it would be her, and she would still be the best part of me. That's sweet. Yeah, that's my girl. I love Tori. Me too. Um, so she flew up to Reno. And we went to dinner, then we went to the hotel, we slept, we woke up early, we got on the road, we started driving. So my mom and I did like a seven and a half hour road trip, because we stopped along Nevada, took some pictures, took our time, just enjoyed each other. The time that I was driving back, Ryan and I had not talked in maybe three or four days. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So as soon as I get back to the house, he didn't even know that I was Just when you think you know your friend. Yeah, he didn't even know. Wait, 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 wait. You got back to Vegas and Ryan didn't know? Well, I came straight home. Well, I dropped my mom off and then I came straight home. But he didn't know like around what time was I going to be here. So he didn't know when you... was I leaving? He didn't know nothing. Because we were not talking. Yeah. Even though y'all, so even though y'all were not talking, you couldn't muster up to say, yo, I'm about, we about to hit the road. I'll see you when I get home. Mm, yeah. I made sure my dad and my brothers knew. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like I wanna bring, for Can me. we bring Ryan in? Real quick. Dang. Yeah, but I also feel like you're not checking for me. So then when I get home, I'm unloading I'm my car. I'm trying to defend yourself, Ryan. You I'm got- unloading my car, and I think he, as I'm unloading, I said, oh, are you going to help me? Because he was sitting on the couch. And then he started helping me. And I said, I had to ask you that? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So. Ain't no way Ryan said that. I did, for sure. We was mad at each other. Audience, my husband just confirmed that he did say that. So I'm unpacking all my stuff and he's getting dressed. So I'm like, you going? Where are you going? And I guess he was going, one of our mutual friends had invited him to a, um, was it a boxing match? I don't know. A football, to watch football. And he was going to go over there. Oh, and I lost my mind. Cause I'm he in this was house as now. in like he was gonna go, yeah. He was invited and he was gonna go. And I was here. I just got home after being away for six months. After driving for seven and a half hours, I just got home and he was getting ready to go out. Ironing his shirt and everything, you know. Ryan, Ryan, be clean. Oh, for sure. Ryan was getting that shirt ironed, and I'm like, oh. And when I when he did that, that's when all hell broke loose in this house. I said everything I've been wanting to say for six months. I think he said everything he's been wanting to say for six months. No word was left unsaid. We said it all. He lost his voice. Oh, y'all was having a shouting match. We did everything but laid our hands on each other. (laughs) Of course not. Yeah, we, I think I threw a pillow, you know. I. Oh my God, it was bad. We just let it rip. We just let it rip. And we probably did not talk for maybe a week and a half. In the same house? In this house. This How do you house. not talk to your spouse for a week and a half in the same house? I don't know. We just didn't. 
I'm speechless. I'm, I am too. I don't know. We. I don't know how you do that. We just did it. We just did not speak. Are y'all sleeping in the same bed? Mm-mm. I think he would sleep on the couch or he would go sleep. You in put the- my man's on the couch? I didn't put him on the couch. That's where he chose to sleep or he would go sleep in the guest room. But yeah, for almost a week and a half. Finally, I said, we need to talk about this because I'm always the one to finally clear the air. I'm always the one to be like, I'm sick of this. You know, even now when we have our disagreements or our arguments, I'll give it a couple of hours and I'm, I come to him. You ready to talk about this? Because who we used to be is not mm-hmm. who we are now. Yeah. We have grown so much in marriage. We've grown, you know, and a lot of life has happened to us in our two years of being married. And sometimes it's the stress of the world, not the stress of my husband. Sometimes it's not him at all. Sometimes it's other things that are happening in life. And we're getting so much better at being able to identify that it's not him or it's not me. It's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And we need to talk to each other about it. Yeah. But on that day, we didn't know that. We haven't learned that. Uh, And I finally said, let's talk about it. I think we went out to eat because it's a neutral spot. At home, when you're talking about it, you're probably on your phone. You're probably watching the TV. You want to get up and keep going to play with the dog. You want to get up and keep pouring alcohol. Um, It's so much to be distracted by at home. So we went out to eat and we talked about it. And we both expressed ourselves. And I don't think I've ever listened to anybody more in that moment than I listened to him. Because I knew that I don't want to go into our second year of marriage like that. Mm -hmm. Because in two months, it's going to be our two-year anniversary. Um, yep. And it was a lot that was getting ready to transpire in life. And that conversation was so perfect because a lot was getting ready to go down between July, August, and September. And we needed to clear the air. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have not had to clear the air like that since. Mm. I, I feel like based off that conversation we had that day, that will never repeat itself. And that's our goal. We don't want to be argument free. We don't want to yell at each other. We don't want to live like that. But we also never want to rehash the past. And we never want to argue about the same thing twice. Yeah. I I want to hear him and see better. I mean, I want to hear him and do better. And I want him to hear me and do better. So we try to avoid arguing about the same thing twice. But that was mid-June. My little brother got married June 26th. Okay. Talk about emotional. I was so emotional because it's not like he was my little sister and I got to be involved every step of the way. He was the brother, you know, Mm -hmm. so I take direction and I do what is available and what um, his wife, you know, side would need some help with. It was more so like that versus when I was getting married. I remember my mom and my aunts and my cousins just jumped in and kind of did everything. And her mom and her aunts and her cousins did that for her. But with the person getting married, that's my bloodline, was my brother. I was always asking, is there something that needs to be done? Like, I wanted to do something so badly, but Kiki has such an amazing family that things were just done, you know? So I, I was emotional because I felt like I couldn't do anything. But there was nothing to do. It yeah. was all done, was like, you yeah. know? Because had there been something to do, I could have done something. But her family so top-notch, they had it down, okay? And the wedding was beautiful. It was beautiful. But even her bachelorette weekend, I had to miss it because I couldn't get away for that amount of time mm-hmm. from work. I was in Reno working, you know, for during session and I could not get away for that amount of time. 
Now, I did go to her bridal shower, mm. but it was a 24-hour trip. I went and came back. <laughs> um, and I threw them a drive-by engagement party. That's nice to think of when that happened, though. It was right after they had gotten engaged in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't even started my new job yet. I don't even think I had the job offer yet. I don't even think it was out there that the governor was looking for somebody yet. So it was still, you know, I was able to do that for them. Um, could not make the bachelorette weekend. Did make the bridal shower. But it was emotional because I had been gone for six months at the same time. Mm -hmm. My shoes for the wedding, I probably found three days before the wedding because I didn't have any, I couldn't look for shoes. So it was just a very emotional time. And then I just felt like a lot of the one-on-one time that you can spend with a sibling, you know, before they get married, like a lot of yeah. the stuff my brothers and I were able to do together mm -hmm. within my one year, I wasn't able to do with him. One, I was away and two is a pandemic. You couldn't do anything. Anyways. Right, right. So it was tough. So when that happened, I remember um, I wasn't apprehensive. I wasn't sad. I don't, I don't ever remember being sad. I remember being so excited. Because I'm married, so I'm excited for what's to come. Mm -hmm. I know how fun. It's lit in marriage. Y'all, regardless of that little week and a half that I told y'all me and Ryan did not talk. <laughs> marriage is so lit. I choose marriage every single day. I love it here. I love being married to Ryan. This is one hell of a life to live, and I get to live it with him. And that's really fun for me. You redeemed yourself. That's, I, you know, I'm going to hide my man up. It's just, I'm going to also tell you the truth. I'm not going to sit on this couch and lie. <sighs> and I'm pretty sure somebody could watch this and they could probably relate. You know, it's, it ain't perfect. Nobody mm -hmm. said marriage was easy, nor was it perfect. Yeah. I don't think people would always tell you that it takes work if they were lying. Like, they mean that. It yeah. takes work. And it takes evaluation of self. And my grind is different as I'm, you know, married. I want him to be so proud of me. I want him to brag about me and I grind differently. I've always been very ambitious, but I grind different being married. I want that man to be proud of me. You know, like you love me enough to give me your name. I want you to be proud of that. So, but yeah, my brother gets married June 26th. Ryan and I had just some, you know, hard setbacks in July. Mm -hmm. um, July 1st was, we had like some rough patches just within that month in general. And then on August 1st, my baby cousin um, dies. And I don't want to unpack that because I don't want to cry. Because um, it's, I, I don't, I'm still, it's still I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out yeah. in life. And I think because the weight of my individual world mm -hmm. is crashing down, that I physically know he is not here. Emotionally and mentally, I, I mentally, I do not know that he's not here. Yeah. Physically, I know he's gone because my cousin always hugged me. And he always told me he loved me. So I haven't heard it and I haven't felt a hug. So my physical knows that he's no longer here. Emotional and my mental are not there yet. Um, and then September, Ryan turned 30 and I was hell bent on throwing him this birthday back. <laughs> and I remember telling my mom in August, I'm canceling it because I'm not happy with life right now. Yeah. Ryan and I had a blow in July and we had a blow in August mm -hmm. and I was not eager to celebrate Ryan mm -hmm. and I had organized all these folks to fly in town and surprise them and I was getting ready to send off text messages like don't come sis you know don't come over here and um my mom looked at me in my eyes when I thought I was gonna cancel it and she has this interesting way of saying nothing but saying everything mm -hmm. so when I thought I was gonna cancel it she said hmm, okay 
<laughs> I can see her say that too. Then like a couple of days later, I said, I'm not going to cancel it. He deserves a celebration. She, she said, yes, he does deserve a celebration. And Joy, life is going to be tough, but you have to push forward. And I'm like, that's what you want to say that day. That's what that hmm, okay was. She said so much, but we ended up still throwing him a, a birthday party and tricked him, told him we were going to like Cabo or something. And instead, I turned my he showed hair. thought he was going. Yeah. I had, him, <laughs> I had him pack a suitcase and everything. And it's so funny. He packed it. I told him to go downstairs so I can put, like, some secret stuff in the luggage. Yeah. What I did was unpack the luggage. And I went and put it in the car myself so he would never know that it was light. Uh -huh. And uh, we go to my parents' house to drop off my dog, right, quote, unquote, drop off my dog so we can go to the airport. And he walks into this backyard and everybody's back there to celebrate him. But the funny part was how confused he was. Yeah, he started laughing. <laughs> when he walked out, everybody's like, happy birthday, Ryan. It's, you know, it was yeah. so many of y'all. Happy birthday, Ryan. And they're like, woo. And this fool, Ryan, stood there and He's started clapping. laughing. And I'm like, it's for you. So, TTBJ, you can hear her. And I, I haven't heard her laugh out loud uh -huh. you know it's from august 1st until ryan's birth. i haven't heard her laugh out loud yeah since you know that time that her son had passed so hearing her laughing like it's her voice is so distinct in every video mm -hmm. because it's like we lost it for a little bit yeah yeah know? but she's screaming ryan who is this <laughs> who is this ryan who is this and everybody's partying and then he sees his mom and he said oh and then he saw his best friend from high school, mm -hmm. Laura, and her husband came. And then he saw you. And then he saw our friend, Jasmine Frazier, who lives in California. And those are the folks who came from out of town. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone else he saw there. So our god sisters, Morgan and McKenzie and Chelsea and Jean were there. And they had just buried, uh, Jean's mom had just died. And they buried her the day before Ryan's party. Mm. So the very next day, you know, you one day fresh from burying your mom and you're here celebrating Ryan. And it was just, it, we had a beautiful time. Um, we had a wonderful time. A wonderful time. It was a wonderful weekend because we did, we had a lot of different things planned, you know, because his mom was here. And that was her first time coming to visit us since we've been married. Mm. We had a rule that <clears throat> our first year of marriage, no visitors allowed. Like, you can come and kick it, but you got to go home. You cannot stay the night. Sticking to that rule was really easy because our first year of marriage is a pandemic. <laughs> Nobody traveling. Yeah. So it was super easy to stick to that rule. There was no sacrifice in it, I guess. Y'all should do it again. I don't know if I can obey by, by that well, rule. Well, you're but. here. Yeah. We would have to do a reset probably and do it again. Yep. But um, it was beautiful. And because I, I, I promised him a trip, we ended up going to New Orleans in December. Once I go to Iceland, Talked about redoing our honeymoon, but a lot of fights were getting, a lot of international fights were getting canceled and we didn't want to mess with it. So we just rerouted and said, we'll just go to the bayou, you know, and we had a wonderful time. You guys can go to Iceland? We were going to go to Iceland. That's lit. Yeah, but a lot of fights were getting canceled and just getting stuck in, you know, stuck out the country just wasn't something we wanted to Low do. Low-key nervous, my flight it might get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, they're starting to cancel stuff again. Jizzle, I appreciate you. One, you told me a lot of some stuff I didn't know about you. You didn't know I was a writer. I was a fighter. Nah, I didn't know you. Hey, I, I, it down. I didn't think you had it in you, truth be told. I hold, I hold my own. Uh, but, you know. And do... those are not things that I'm proud of. I don't share those I mean, because I'm it, proud of it. I share it because the odds are it can happen in marriage. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I like about us is after every argument, we both feel so guilty. Because it's like, you're my person. I don't want to treat you like that. We both feel 
so guilty. And as time goes on, our, our arguments, they, they minimize. We have disagreements because we're different mm -hmm. people. Yeah. When people ask me and Ryan, what do we have in common? I tell them the thing that we have in common is that we love each other and we graduated from the same college. We do not have much in common at all. So time with him is a whole new world to me. And him spending time with me is a whole new world to him. Absolutely. See, like he got, wedding song. He got to go to Disney World every year. Well, he didn't go in 2020. So. I mean, nobody went. Tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just I told him if I found out that I passed my comps, I wanted him to take me to Disneyland, and I did find out that I passed my comps. Land is over here, okay? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll be I'll be waiting on my trip, or just you know send me. <laughs> send me. I'll go by myself. Yeah, that's my uh, ain't nothing special to it, but I'm a special your life person. is lit. My life is lit. It's just nothing special. It I'm, is special. I'm special. You are special. And I Your life is a special. Person. Absolutely. But you can't tell a person like me with everything that I'm going through that you know, life is special. No, I feel like life is a cluster right now, and life is sucky and it's messy. But I got some pretty cool, special, dope people, Absolutely. and that's enough. And um, it's a new year, and we have a lot to look forward to. I feel like for the first time in marriage, we have something to look forward to this mm. year. We've, we've had blow after blow after blow, and I feel like we've had nothing to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And now we, going into 2022, we have a lot to look forward to, and I'm excited. What's one thing that you're excited about that you guys are looking forward to that you say, you know what, this is the one thing? The one thing is, how do I say this? Um, I think the one thing that I'm looking forward to, and I think his answer would be different, but for me, it would be increase, mm. increase in, not in finances. I stay climbing that economic stratosphere. You know, God is good. <laughs> um, and not necessarily in things, but I think increase in how I see my husband. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the various ways that I will look at him this year and the various ways that I will smile at him and the many ways that I will tell him that I'm proud of him, you know, and the things that he will accomplish. I am excited for the confidence that he is going to embark on. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I'm excited for the moments this year that I'll probably be in the kitchen washing dishes because that's my therapy. I, I find it very therapeutic to clean the kitchen. I'm excited for the moments that I'll be in the kitchen cleaning dishes and I'll just catch a glance at him and I'll just smile because he's not who he was yesterday. And I am putting those glasses on this year. And I've never really said to myself, open your eyes to see him the way God sees him. Mm -hmm. But this year I want to do that. So I'm excited for that increase in sight to see my husband the way God sees my husband. So I can love him the way God loves my husband. So I can be a better wife. Dang. Yeah. So I, I'm not necessarily, I don't say increase in my finances because, you know. I'm going to find me a wife who want to see some increase in me. <laughs> and not even increase in my stuff, but but increase in in the many ways that I mm -hmm. look at him differently this year. That's what's up. That's, that's real deep. That's real deep. You know, a lot of people, I don't think I've ever heard somebody even say that much about a person that they're with, their significant other. Yeah. And that goes to show the love that you really have for Ryan. I mean, because your love for him runs very deep. Yeah, it deep. runs deeper than any relationship or friendship that you have. Yeah, well, that's my best homie. 
your best homie. Like, that's my best homie. Like, you're my best friend. Yeah, for sure. But, Ryan, that's my best homie. Yeah. You know, and we we give each other the space that's needed to become to become a better version of the individuals that we are. Um, and then we create the space that's needed to become the better partners to each other. Yeah. That we are. When that's I good. need to leave Ryan alone, I do. And when he needs to leave me alone, he do. Ooh. <laughs> so, last question. I promise. I'm running out of wine, so yeah, wrap this up. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just said something. Dang, my memories it'd be bad sometimes. Repeat what you just said again. I said when I need to leave him alone. Right there, alone, boom. How alone. do you know when you need to leave your significant other alone? And how does... How do, how do you know when you need to leave your significant other alone? Right. Or how do you know when you need to leave Ryan alone? Because I can't speak for... How do you know when you need to leave Ryan alone? And to also ensure that Ryan knows that you are catching the drift of him needing to be left alone. Because some, there's some times where if you look at relationships, right, or friendships, and there's time when you just don't want to be bothered and you just need that alone time to kind of gather your thoughts and gather yourself and to really just be one with something, to kind of figure out what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. What's the sense or what's, what is it that you can sense that says, you know what? I need to leave Ryan alone for about 15, 20 minutes. Ryan breathes differently when he's frustrated. <laughs> and I can tell him the way that he takes a breath. I'm uh-huh. like, ooh, I'm going to let you sizzle. And I'm like, <laughs> And Ryan, he, he paces. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> when he FaceTimes his mom, he walks back in. Like, he can trigger your vertigo. Ryan will not stop moving type thing. Ryan to hang upside down on the bed or something when he on the phone. He's so crazy. But he has a different pace when he's a little yeah. amped up. And mm. I know to just walk away. Sometimes he could um, he could be talking to anybody. I don't know, a boss, his mama, a friend. And if he's frustrated in the conversation, the way he walks is different. And if I'm down here on the couch, I just go ahead and walk upstairs. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let you just kind of mellow out mm-hmm. down there um, by yourself. The aspect of need my space, I haven't felt that yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt a desire to have my space from him. I have felt a desire of don't talk, but sit on this couch with me. Because I put my feet under him when we watch TV to get warm. So I don't want you to speak, but just sit here. Or even in the bedroom, don't say nothing, don't touch me, but please be in my space. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know the way Ryan breathes when I need to walk off for a little bit. Or the way he paces, I know when I need to walk off. And if I hear him having a whole conversation with himself downstairs, I'm not coming downstairs. I'm going to stay my butt where I'm at. <laughs> and I'll let you figure it out on your own. <laughs> but I just, I read him, his body <clears throat> language. I can tell when it's been a rough day at work. Mm-hmm. I can tell when he got off the phone with somebody and he's irritated. I can tell when he didn't get enough sleep and he's really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just look at, you know, some of the things that he does. And I'll, I'll leave him alone. I hate the way the sound of things slamming. So if something slams in my head, I'm like, ooh. Like, he sounds like right. I'm like, oh, he needs to eat by himself. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I just read him. Okay. But the desire to have my space from him, I have not experienced that yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't wanted my space yet from my person. Dang. We can go on. Because I got a bunch more questions, but we run out of time. Come. Of course. So we're going to do a quick commercial, real quick. Mm-hmm. I am, not you. Um, and then I want you, dang, this whole time, I missed the whole button. It's unfortunate. Uh, I didn't know how to tell you. You should have just stopped me like you typically always do. What? Whoa. 
But I think you need to go to seek therapy for the way you view me. I see my therapist every Friday at 12 o'clock. You know this. Because it's working. Got my notes downstairs. And anywho, this episode is sponsored by the Emboldened Institute, the only space that we are pretty much the healer space where we pretty much send out daily text messages to help you kind of along your journey of healing. Um, I truly believe that no one's fully healed, but there's a journey of... What's up, Dooney? <laughs> it's really awkward. <laughs> Get Dooney. Let me see Dooney real quick. <laughs> well, he walked away. Never mind. Next time. But it's the only space where we're pretty much just along the journey with you. And I send out daily messages. Please don't trip up that doing your things. Um, daily message of encouragement, hope, love, and just really just stuff that you can respond to really just kind of trigger you to really think on who you are. So if you want to subscribe, just text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. You can text me two words. You can text me the word heal to join the healers community, or you can text me the word affirmation to the same number to join the daily affirmation. There's Dooney again. Dooney. Dang, he laying down. Um, we'll throw a picture of Dooney in here. Um, but yes, yeah, that's what you can do. Text me, 404-476-6780. Jizzle. Thank you again, my friend. That's what I'm here for. I really enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy every conversation we have. I was about to say, all of our conversations. They be lit. That conversation. Except for the times you be cussing me out and I really be like, I'm about to hang up. I'll give you what you need. Whatever, but you have yet to give me the things that I need in this. Family. This is a very one-sided friendship. Oh, I don't enjoy it as much as you do. Enjoy. <laughs> this is some anywho, anywho. I'm working on being a better friend, though. and the good thing about Are you gonna be intentional about it. No, because you told me I can't use intentionally this year. Which one were you? What's one word this year? I can't remember. I just it was like be change or charge or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But my word for the year is warrior. Yes, that fits you so well. That is my word. That's so fitting. And I want to say something before I let you close it out real quick. Oh, I'm closing it out. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. So I want to say something about the reason that this episode is very important to me because it's the epitome that like we talked about earlier. Leave Dooney alone. <laughs> of friendship. And this is what a true friendship looks like. If you want to ever see what a friendship looks like, I feel like people can look at us and be like, you know, that's the true friendship that I want, or I envy that friendship. And I feel like people really did envy our friendship, yo. Like, dead ass. I'm going to try to hold Some it. Some people still do. Some yeah, they get over it. But, like, people, like, really hate on our friendship. And I'm being like, what's, the, what's going on? Like, but it's good. I feel like, my words to everyone is find one friend. You don't have to have many, but find one friend that you can confide in at, can I say it right? Confined? Confined. <laughs> And that you do more than turn up. Yeah, know? yeah, because we did a lot of turn find up. Find that everything. Yeah, everything. yeah, everything. Like the bagel, friend. you know, all the ingredients. Find that we can go to church together. We That's pray our together. friendship with everything. Yeah, it's the everything bagel. We go to church together. We pray together. We hold each other accountable. You pull up when I need somebody to pull up, like without even knowing. You can be in the space with my I family. I pull up when you, I pull up, and someone's friendship is one sided. You benefit from coming to Vegas. Because I try to come to Atlanta. You say, no, I want to get out of here. The last thing you asked to come to Vegas is for what? For the break. I didn't plan to come. You invited yourself. No, 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 no. I didn't invite you to his All I said was, listen, you need me to pull up. I'm there. You said, I would really love for you to be there, Jovi. And I said, I'm there. Yeah, Because I had credits. You did have credits. And I need to use them. But I pulled up my friend. But I pulled up my friend. But you know I got allergies. Do I know? You know this. If you don't, now you know. No, but like, 
find you one friend. Agreed. Just one. You don't need many because too many is like it's oversaturated. The, having somebody who knows your stuff but isn't inundated mm-hmm. in your stuff. Like you know my folks, you know, you know the things that we go through. You know all of you know my business. Like you know everything. But at the same time you don't have to live it every single day. So it's still good to share it, you know, with you. So mm-hmm. I think that's good to have somebody that your people know. And you don't mind sharing everything with that person. I mean, I still have to give you disclaimers. Like, what I'm about to tell you stays between me and you because you're very blabbermouth. Tread lightly. You are very... You I'm not... A, I was back in college, yes. Tell everybody's business. I'm like, not everybody's business, but... I'm not a gossip. It'll just be coming out. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be gossip. I don't Because you know I like gossip. It wasn't really gossip. It was just like... It, was just, oh, it no, just came out. Lot, yeah, I'm like, oh, bro, shit. You Right. Probably wasn't supposed to tell me that. Yeah. So now I know something that I don't. I love not knowing people's business because when it starts hitting the fan and multiple people know, I can be like, "Well, girl, you know, I don't know. You can't tell me." I love but it feel, not knowing people's business. But it feel good because, like, you know, be like, you got to tell somebody, and I know I can confide in you. But like, if I if I, if I tell Joy this, it's so horrible because when people tell you don't say nothing, that excludes their best friend. Oh, absolutely, all day. Like, if anybody just told me anything about yourself, just know that Joy probably knows. And FYI, nine times out of ten, that's not true. He really is dependable. He does keep all y'all secrets. I promise you, we do have boundaries in our yeah, friendship. Yeah, we do. I was we joking. We do not allow each other to incriminate ourselves, nor do we allow each other to ruin other friendships. So he's saying that being funny. Yeah, that's he all. He don't tell me y'all business, <laughs> and I don't tell him. Secrets that people tell me. <laughs> if he wants to, though. Right. Oh, I can tell you something. Break your head. Right, right, right. I'm like, I wish they would hurry up and tell you so right. I can say something. Uh, but um, this has been a refreshing episode, and I'm glad we finally got to do it. I feel, I feel like it's been the right time. It was the right timing for it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I think anything prior to it just wouldn't have been right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go ahead and close this out with a word of encouragement or just whatever you feel is on your heart. Oh my gosh. Oh, you never talked about you being a whole Delta out here. But it was, I am. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm that slower. Financially active too. <laughs> <laughs> <A> shot. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a shot. Things happen to people's lives. Oh gosh, <laughs> I hope somebody took it the wrong way. I was just saying. Um, I don't, I don't know that I have anything Johnny on the spot to say. Other than um, let this year be the year that y'all pay God first and then you pay yourself. More than just financially, just in everything. Give God what is due to him and then give yourself what is due to you. Um, And if you're looking for a way to ditch being crusty and ashy in the new year, go to www.inthestarshomeandbody.com and purchase some Ray Butters. It is not my business, but it is my aunt's business that was started in memory of the passing of her youngest son, Raekwon. So visit that site, www.inthestarshomeandbody.com and go get buttered up. Raymees is my favorite butter. It's not Raymees. It's not Rummies. It's, it's Rummies. It's definitely Raymees. I renamed the product. And get the butter bomb and get you some sour, shower steamer. Stand in the shower. Spend some time with yourself. But mm. my last words are give God what God deserves. Give yourself what you deserve. There you have it. It's another episode of Living Blessed the Podcast, and we are out. Peace.